All right, joined now on Morning Combat, CBS Sports, by the gentleman who had a big win at UFC 292 over Pedro Munoz. You know him as Cheeto. It is Marlon Vera. Hi, Cheeto. How are you? All good, my bro. I'm happy and, you know, excited about it to display my skills and put in a good fight on Saturday night. And, you know, I'm healthy and, you know, ready to go. And you got a fresh shave, which we were talking about off camera there just earlier. Uh, but let's talk about your performance at 292. So I watched it again this morning to prepare for today's interview. Grade it for me. How would you grade your performance? I mean, that was a solid performance. I feel that that was like a dominant performance from start to bottom, uh, top to bottom, and just, you know, use my job, use my movement, use my defense on my favor, and just every time he throws something or try to attempt engagement and make him pay and I mean that was a beautiful job I, I was myself I was like wow that was a clean job like if you don't if you can do that you don't need to rush anything you don't, you don't need to try too hard so I'm excited about with the fight and the way it went and I, I was just able to show a little more wrinkles on my game you know I, I don't need to go crazy for the finish I don't and this time I went a little quicker in the first round so I mean, I'm trying to please the public, so we want a little faster this time. Now, that is something that's been noted about your style, which is that as the fight goes on, it heats up and it heats up and it heats up. But have you been consciously working on maybe starting a little bit quicker so that you don't have to re rely more at the end of a fight? Yep, 100%. I think this is the first fight in a long, long time that I actually force myself to, like, we're winning the first round this time. We're putting everything on the first one and that's a lot of pressure because it's so easy for me to chill make read see the speed see everything and then say like okay fuck you i'm coming but this time i went you know what my whole training camp coach did a great job on you know talking me into do that and you know we work on a lot of different things but we really focus on round one let's go and we do it how disruptive is it, though, right? Because I'm going to guess that if you have a choice between a three-round fight and a five-round fight, it sounds like you would still prefer to be in a five-round fight. So I guess I'm wondering, was it – like, how, do, how can you explain the training to me? Like, what is the difficulty in, in trying to make that adjustment early? What do you have to overcome? I feel that it's just a mental thing. You just got to, like, go crazy, go hard the first round, like – and in all my sparring sessions, I was going off the gate, just going, just just looking for big shots, setting up big things, and just getting off. Because five rounds is, I mean, five rounds is the best thing you can do. You're the main event, all the lights on you, you're in the poster, coolest shit ever, right? I'm a main event guy. I take any main event over being the second or third fight in any pay-per-view. I don't give a fuck about that. When you're the main event, all the eyes are on you, ESPN, everything. Like, you are the person. And that's what grows my brand bigger. That's what put all these eyes on me. That's what take me to the next level. So, what I want, I take every five-round that out there. Still, though, if you go back to a five-round fight, are you going to keep this same kind of score-first mentality? Yep. Uh, it's oh. just, you got to work on good better. You got to work on... Adding two tools, like everybody knows I'm a calculated killer. What about faster calculated killer? That's a motherfucker 2.0 right there. And I'm in for it. 
It certainly is. You know, what's one thing I've been kind of wondering about is like, I was looking up down on your resume and it's like some of the hard hitters you faced over time. Dude, you legitimately have some like historic levels of durability. Um, to what do you attribute that to? Why are you much more durable than many of your competitors? Consistency, man. Work hard. I, I, I get at this level, everybody works hard. Everybody tries. Everybody have a desire for being a world champion, but you can always push yourself a little bit more. You can always expand that window of pain tolerance, just being able to keep going when everything is firing up. And it's just like, I mean, shave the seconds on my sprints, go a little faster on my sparring. When you're hitting the back, we all get tired. Everybody gets tired. There's a point that everybody's like that. But when you're in that SNR and you're feeling that, and you just go to a to a mindset of like, let's push a little harder, let's go 10 seconds longer, let's go a mile faster, a mile longer, let's take the seconds down on each mile. I mean, you can expand that capacity to another level. And a lot of people might try to catch me. They will try, but they won't catch me. Because Still, that's, something, that's something like what Kobe Bryant used to say. It's like, while you're taking time off, while you're thinking about this and that or all this bullshit that comes with um, success, I'm just putting another rep. I'm just putting hmm. another rep. By the time we face each other, I got years ahead of you. But I was just going to say, certain guys appear to be just extra... Unin like they're not as limited by injury as other ones. You seem to be one of those guys. Izzy at 185 seems to be one of those guys. Is it a genetic thing as well? I it could be how we live our lives. I mean, probably. I mean, everything I do is based on performance and health, brain health. I mean, going from the ice bath, the sauna, go to bed on time. I mean, I know the coolest people out there. I go out with them. But I'm not drinking. I'm not saying too late. Like I give myself like little, little enjoyments. Like I go out with my boy Bronson. We go to good restaurants. We eat. I mean, last night I went to see my boy Zach Bryan play live. Like there's things that come with those things. But after that, people go to a party, go to drink. I used to say to like that first half, have fun, give it a hug. Okay, guys, I gotta go. Oh, you just fight? You can go crazy. No, I'm fighting in a couple months. I'm just, I'm already thinking ahead. And I give myself fun. I, I, I do fun shit, but everything got to be in a controlled circle. Like, what you do off camp, it's probably going to help you the most when you're in camp. And, like, right now, like, I'm going to wait probably one or two more days, and then I'm going to start running, doing my lower base, going back to the ice, going back to the sauna, and just keep eating healthy. And that just keeps getting your body stronger and stronger and stronger. So by the time you go to all the world and turn, the body is ready to go because if you go and just do everything wrong leading up to the fight and then what you, you you can expect a bad result you cannot expect your body to take it all so you know good food good life having the good circle around you smile a lot i mean what else can <laughs> you do that's about it i suppose all right now has the ufc at all indicated to you that you could be next for the now new ufc bantamweight champion sean o'malley have you had any kind of conversations about that oh zero like after the fight i used to text dana and hunter and i was like hey guys you guys know where i am i'm ready to go so just 
if there's something to talk, let's talk it out. But I'm I'm all in for, so I'm sure they will come with something. And I it, to me, just seems like how not to do it right now. There's no way they don't do it right now. I mean, business wise, is the best time to do it. Money wise, eye wise. So that's why I, I I'm not even pushing myself. I don't need to push it. It's it's already served. It's it's it's, it's as as ready to go as you can be. How would you rate uh, Sean O'Malley's performance against Sterling? It was great. It was that, that that that's picture perfect, right? I mean, you're fighting a guy that is a really clean striker that have a good sip in the punches, and you just run to the guy like, what what do you think is gonna happen? But I'm a I'm at that level. I can hang with anybody in the stand up. I can I can be in front of you. I can make reads. Sterling is just a great fucking champion. Good wrestling, but he just don't have that stand up to like be right there eye to eye and be like and just playing chess. He just don't have that. And I do have that. I fought every single world class striker. And neither, no one has put me in a bad position just because I'm in there. I have a good base. And then going back to coach, he's the one that brought me to the next level of the eyes, the coordination, the striking, like just. Growing my toughness and my work ethic and be like, polish everything. And I mean, I can hang with everybody. I already fought Sean. I, I wasn't right in front of him. I, you know, so now it's a good time to do it. But I started to make a big mistake. He went, I mean, you cannot run to some, even if the guy's not a good striker, don't run like that because anything that touch you, a clean one or a, or a bad one, is going to catch you. And in fact, in the Pedro Munoz fight, you were like uh, on purpose, but you were right there in front of him, duking it out with him, right? Like, so the idea is that Sterling can play like the distance game, but he can't play the distance closing game. Whereas you believe you can just be right there in the pocket as long as you need. I mean, and I can do it all. I can move. I can go backwards. I can bring you what I want. I can definitely walk you down. That's easy. Walking people down and drown them. That's my best thing. But if I need to pimp and move around and take my time, I can go for a walk too. So I, I'm i a great striker, and I know that. Like I've been in front of the best of the best in the UFC. Coach always makes sure we spar like really high-level pro boxers that I'm sure they're even supposed to be hanging up with them in there, and I do. But it's just, it's just consistency. And then when you are just doing it and doing it and doing it, to just become good and i like that feeling of being good so i don't stop doing it i don't get loose i just keep on doing it keep on doing it and i i feel i just keep getting better and sharper and you know i want to talk about sean for one more second but first in terms of your style i mean people don't realize this you're only 30 years old which is crazy because you've been around for quite some time your resume is now long and quite decorated but the thing that sort of stands out to me is in terms of your style, did you have an idea in mind about what it wanted to look like? Or did you put the trust in Jason Perillo or various other coaches and say, where should I go? How did you get to this point in terms of your style? Who came up with the idea? I mean, just like I said earlier, like I, I do have that work ethic. I'm the type of guy that I don't question too many things. I'm not the guy that tell you, like, why? Uh, I don't do this. Oh, that doesn't fit with myself. Like if you fucking like if you're a good coach like Perillo is like a really decorated 
high fucking level coach that have multiple champions and have many different projects and pretty much 95% of those projects become a world champion. I mean, if the guy told you like, hey, let's work on this, that's working. And especially like the best test is like when you bring like a really high level kickboxer and a really high level pro boxer and you're able to hang in there and actually score points and make it competitive, you go like, I mean, what else can you can you expect out of your skills? But I just I just stick around in the gym long enough that I learned how to learn. I learned how to like pay attention. I learned how to also cut the bullshit because in MMA you got so many fucking wannabe coaches or fucking toxic people that tell you like, hey, let's do this program. You put uh, I don't know, you squeeze a cactus and you'll get more punching power. <laughs> There's so many of those fucking scams in MMA. So many. Through my experience, I learned how to take all those little pauses. Like, no, you're not good. No, your advice sucks. No, you're fucking definitely toxic. But that's through experience because I got like me that I want, I'm an open mind. I want to get better. I want to like absorb as much advice I can. You, you, will, you will run into the fucking shitty one. And then it takes balls and a personality to kind of like kick that person up. Because sometimes they don't, they're not a bad person, but they mean well, or they don't mean bad, but they will definitely hurt your career. And I've been there before, listening to somebody that I'm like, holy shit, how, how I was listening to that person? But that's experience too. That's how you get to this point. And, you know, thank God so good so far. All right, so you fought Sean O'Malley before, which is part of the reason why a rematch is quite intriguing at this point. But let's go back to that fight. What did you learn about him in that fight? I mean, very explosive guy. Really, really strong one thing. Like, he fakes a lot. He fakes, he kind of, like, move. It's kind of like an awkward. It's not like a, like like an easy fake. Like, he will, like, really throw a fake and then because he's that athletic and that high level, he's really, like, bouncy and he moves a lot of his head move a lot the head, like, he looked to the other side and punch. You just gotta, like, find a way how to ignore those things. You gotta find a way how to, like, don't buy on those things. And honestly, with a guy like that, you can't open up too much. You can't go crazy because he's really good at throw right after you throw. That's his best thing, in my opinion. Strong kicks, really big, but, I mean, a guy like that, you just gotta fucking drown him. You 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 gotta be on his face and tell and let him know that you don't give a fuck. And the most important thing, in my opinion, is the mental game. He does bring the lights. He does bring this like different aura. That's his that's his thing. You know, I feel I bring some of that in in the different ways. I got my energy too. But if you're the guy that you're reading comments or like you're paying too much attention of the uh, on the cameras. A guy like that can definitely hurt you, but luckily for me, I don't give two fucks about that. I don't really care if you're the most famous guy out there or you're a fucking piece of shit that no one cares about you. Doesn't matter to me. When I'm in there, it's my life or yours, and I fucking love my life, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fight my ass off. So I'm not too worried about the more extra cameras or the more interviews or just because in that five week I'm fighting that type of guy, I get more recognition or more of this and that that thing doesn't get to my head that's like my boy easy say fuck the noise i'm i'm not even there i'm like those clouds they're there 
I'm looking forward to the sunshine. I, I, I don't I don't need clouds on top of me. I need light to bright up my mind. So, I mean, I I think I'm in a pretty good position, and chances that I'm a world champion by the end of December are pretty fucking big. Yeah, they could be pretty good. Uh, in terms of like, um, how do I ask this? So, for example, you fought John Lineker, who has a huge punch, right? Does O'Malley have a big punch in that sense, or does he get success because of like the timing and the accuracy? What is the difference in like the punching ability between a guy like Lineker and a guy like O'Malley? I mean, O'Malley's O'Malley's very similar to what Connor does. Like he will take a step back and just throw one big haymaker, and it's really accurate and it's really quick. So for a guy like O'Malley, you need to be sharp and very focused. With a guy like Lineker, you can block his shit and he he give, doesn't give no fucks and he goes left, hook, right, left, uppercut, fucking tomahawk. But whatever lands, he's gonna fucking put your lights out. And he have a big fucking, I need him on the face. I mean, I, I beat his ass in the third round, but it wasn't enough. And he can just, he's willing to take two. He's similar to Pedro. He used his way. He he hits way harder than Pedro, but like he's similar to Salah. Like he will take three punches and go crazy at you. And I feel like a guy like Lineker might be a little more dangerous because he fights so reckless. And with a guy like that, you gotta like use your distance, use your move a little better. I feel we used fight when I was too young, and then by the time I realized I was actually able to win the fight, I ran out of time. But it was a close fight for a. For a young, for a young Cheeto back then. No, it was, and 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 of course you performed quite ably. And as I mentioned, you're, dude, you're still thirty. I mean, that's that's still pretty young, to be quite honest with you. Uh, all things know. considered. One more note about the fight that you had with O'Malley previously, which was that one of the narratives coming out, and I'm not saying it's fair or it isn't. I, you, only you and he and the world will figure it out in time. But one of the narratives that came out of that fight was that oh, he might be physically brittle. He might not be physically able to handle some of the uh, demands of fighting long term. Do you believe that O'Malley is, to some extent, more brittle than perhaps other bantamweights? I mean, that's hard to know. I mean, I can call him a pussy and I can talk shit back to him. But honestly, I don't know. That's, you know, he knows that deep down. Like, I know I'm fucking hard as a rock. Like, I'm be, I'll be ready for a for a proper war, and I'm willing to go fucking anywhere. But in him, I mean, he just he just have that weird mentality, you know. That in order to grow, you gotta accept things and let it go. But maybe he's just fucking around and trying to fool us. That's why I really don't even pay attention too much to what people say because sometimes they just fooling you and make you think something. Then they're smarter or sharper than what they are like. Starling said, like, oh, he was better than I thought. You should never say that because in first place, you should be, you should know that he's good enough to be there with you in order to don't lose your focus and don't use those, don't lose that, that cool in there to win a fight. I mean, if you think it's going to be easy, probably it's a mistake. And he, I think he thinks like that a lot too. Like, he really thinks he's, he's too good for everybody. And then you find out people actually, it's going to be ready to fight you out there. All right, a few more questions for you. We'll let you go. First thing on this one is uh, the future of like 
prospects and fighters from Ecuador. Now we have Michael Morales, who's on his way as a young guy. He looks like a tank in his own division. I wonder what you feel like in five years, what the future of Ecuadorian MMA might look like. I mean, it's just, I think it's going to be booming. I think more guys, more kids are going to be like, that's what they want. That's what I want to do. But we still need a lot of infrastructure in terms of like how to, what, what, which weight class pick? Because I see a lot of good, tough guys that have actually pretty decent kickboxing. Maybe a so-so jiu-jitsu and wrestling, but the the reason why Michael is being so successful so quick is just because he's a real wrestler. He came from, he knows how to cut away, he knows how to wrestle, and that's that's pretty much half of the battle when you made it to the UFC. When I made it to the UFC, I have no idea how to cut away. I was just a fighter. I was a street fighter with some jiu-jitsu and big pair of balls, and thank God I figured it out. And I, now I, I, I got experience and I know how to fight. And my record was small, but like for a guy like him, that he actually wrestles, cuts away, and I mean it's been it's not easy for him, but he just had a better start than me, a better road. For the old ones coming in the other side, sometimes when I see a video or a highlight of of, of a kid that is actually good. They're just in the wrong way because they're like super overweight, fucking tough as fuck. But if you came to the UFC like that, you're going to be a, a walk in the park for anybody. Because I was watching some 55ers in Ecuador and I was like, they're like 10 foot shorter than me and a little fat. They, are, they can fight like a motherfucker, good technique and everything. But people got to teach them like, hey, like you got to live a little bit more of a, like a professional, like a cleaner diet, like... Don't be a normal guy that fights. You gotta become an athlete, a fighter, and all that. And that's just knowledge. I hope that goes to the country a little quicker than than not. And then last thing on Ecuador, I, I it's um, I don't get a chance to speak to many Ecuadorians, so I just I want to ask you very quickly, if I may. I know there was a recent assassination of a political candidate, and it created a lot of concern about the state of things. I wonder, sort of watching that from afar, what you make of the. I don't know instability there these days bro it's so fucked up right now like dude you open twitter and it's shootings every couple hours more attempt of murder to reach people because they don't want to pay the the bad guys just for protection from their own self it's becoming a fucking it's it's dark it's like it's just like pablo escobar days back in the night it's like it's not almost that bad is that bad and i mean i'm in the comfort of california right but guess what my father my mother all my cousins all the people i love my brother his kids my sister her husband my grandfather my grandmother people like fucking my people my gods they're back home and i mean they can they're they're a target because of me right so it's it's fucked up it's really hard like just to know what's going on and no one is doing something like when things get that bad you gotta fucking cut that shit from the roots you you don't go in there and you want to di- dialogue with them no you fucking cut the the head of the snake and you say fuck you all you fucking bad people but no one is doing that so right now is the worst times in Ecuador. whoever was depressing for the last couple of years is a fucking moron and i mean fuck do something man like it's really that bad i mean i lose opportunity to go back home visit my people show some love 
make money, go to do things with brands, I can go right now. No one can go right now. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear all that. Um, it is certainly an unstable time. Uh, all right, but let's end on a positive note if we can. So, Chito, I don't have quite the tattooing you do. I got some, you know, I'm a little bit inked up. But you're fully blasted, my guy. Fully, yeah, look at that. Okay, so we have a game that we play called Rate That Tat. We're going to show you some tattoos, and you just give us your honest opinion. I'm like you. I'm a bold will hold kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like American traditional. I like Japanese tattooing. But we're going to show you some UFC fighters tattoos. You just give me the Chito Vera opinion. How's that sound? All right, Easy. here we go. All right, let me pull up my list here. We're going to get going. Uh, first one up, we've got Alan Belcher. Let's throw this one up here. What do you think of this one, Cheeto? Nah, that one. one's a really shitty tattoo. That's a zero over 10. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, next is Darren Elkins, the damage on the chest there. Yeah, he's joining my man uh, Belcher right there. That did, I mean, he's fighting a style. He's teaching his face, and he went fucking with the with the with those metal that yeah that's bad that's yeah, not good it's not my favorite either okay a couple few more of these austin vanderford he fights in bellator what about what do you think about the throat tat there uh the eyeball yeah that's that's really cody garvin right there i mean cody pulled it up first so yeah you don't want to be second in those type but it's well done that it's, it's a better looking traditional one not yeah I agree. I think favorite, it's a well-done tattoo. I just wouldn't want it, if that makes sense. Yeah, like too much color, maybe. I mean, it says the guy with a lot of color, but yeah, not All right. My... How, how about this one? Sean Brady's back. Now, that's a good one, yeah? Yeah, no, he have clean tattoos. He he, he have good color. The, the tiger on the back of the head, not my favorite, but the back tattoo is pretty good. And he makes sure he put a lot of good, like, strong colors. Like, he's not going too, like, Fruit loop with the color, like or whoever is doing it is being very smart and like going dark on the reds. Yeah, that, that that's clean. That's clean. Yeah, it's a clean tat. I agree. All right, Curtis Blades, he got razor blades on his arm. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no bueno. Bad. Very no te bad. gusta. That's that's awful, bro. All right. How about Brock Lesnar's sword tattoo? I mean, if somebody can pull that that's like a Mike Tyson face tattoo. It's everything wrong about it, but for some reason, it just goes perfect on those two guys. So I would say well done on that one. All right. And last but not least, how about Gray Maynard? I'm not sure if I've seen this one, the the yeah, tramp stamp there. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big MMA nerd. I remember all of this. I mean, if, even if you if you were to show me just the two, not the face of the person, I probably would go 10 for 10. All right, that's, that's all we have. Lastly, I'll ask you this. You, the last question for me. Do you have a favorite tattoo of your own? Like anything on you? Like the one that you got blasted on the head? I mean, the panther is really sick. I mean, I got I recently got Deadpool in the back of my leg. And I love Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Shit. And you see Bob Marling in there? Yes, I see Bob smoking. I sure do. Yeah, that's Bob, awesome. I love those two, but... I mean, my chest is a dope piece. Like, Franco Vescovi killed it. I mean, that's why I don't want to tattoo my stomach because it looks it looks so well done. The way it looks, at, I might just leave this empty. And, of course, what Cartoon did is fucking wild. I mean, having a tattoo from Cartoon is kind of like a like a flex for me. I mean, that's cool. 
It's a super flex. He's uh, an in-demand artist. Well, Cheeto, I got to say, you've been gracious with your time. Congratulations on your win. I don't know what's going to happen in December, but if you have a fight with Sean O'Malley or otherwise, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you.